Welcome to People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose is a podcast of inspiring people whose stories help you see things differently, live with intentionality, elevate the way you participate in the world, and take the necessary leaps in your life to seek and find your passions. Come with us and develop the courage to wholeheartedly pursue your purpose and unleash your truest potential. Hi, welcome back to People of Purpose. I'm your host, Tanner Badgley, and this week we will be wrapping up our conversation on finding purpose and building a global community of leaders committed to making the world a better place. If you didn't get a chance to listen to last week's episode, I highly encourage checking that out. Some of the things we covered are the role his family played in shaping his purpose, his trip to Uganda and how it changed his perspective on charitable giving versus investing in local entrepreneurs, what he has learned about helping people to actualize their purpose, and so many more valuable topics. And in this episode, Ryan and I will be talking about the recipe for success outside the social enterprise space, building purpose-driven companies and leaders to workshops in urban communities, and the importance of leadership in creating a clear vision and guiding people. Well, let's dive in. Here's to becoming people of purpose. What's your purpose statement? You know, it's a great question. I'm hosting a Hive coming up in about two weeks. It's going to be May 7th and 8th in Austin, Texas. It's going to be our first Hive in 24 months. The last uh, event I hosted was January of 2020, just before COVID hit. And COVID was, was a difficult time because what I love is hosting in-person gatherings. Um, I didn't want to bring the Hive curriculum online um, because I feel like there's so much Zoom calls and there's so much online these days. What I actually wanted to differentiate with with was the in-person experience of what we built. And so I'm excited to be doing this, this new Hive here in Austin. And as part of that, I'm redoing my purpose statement. In fact, I'm in the process of redoing it right now. And the reason why is because right now in life, I do two different things. And they're very integrated. I'm looking to coach myself about the, the wording of how to integrate the two different things I do in life. And so the first thing I do, and this is where i am spending, been spending most of my time the last year and a half, is I'm building a digital asset hedge fund. I'm building a crypto hedge fund that currently manages about roughly $100 million. And we're helping grow assets for individuals and institutions um, through a market neutral crypto fund that invests in, in decentralized finance. Now, that company is called Heart Rhythm. And I'm a managing partner at Heart Rhythm. I joined about a year ago. And Heart Rhythm's mission is to build a regenerative engine that funds social impact projects, that funds philanthropic projects around the world. And the organization Heart Rhythm takes 5% of its profits and gives it away to charity each year. And as we get bigger and bigger, that'll scale up to a, um, 50% of profits that we'll be giving away annually. So what I found was that there was an opportunity to utilize this new system of digital assets as the new financial system is being built around the world to build a sustainable funding source for so many meaningful impact projects around the world as well as be able to provide a, a foundational level of compensation and pay where I could really build my family in an easeful way and have sort of the baseline needs just taken care of. 
Then on top of that, I'm working on building Hive and hosting a workshop every three months. Um, I do that on the weekends. And so Hive is sort of my uh, burn the midnight oil, you know, in my free time in the nights and weekends work that I do. And the thing that I'd like to figure out over the next 10 years is how do I scale Hive to be um, not just an impactful program that transforms people's lives, but an impactful program that transforms people's lives that allows the organization to not just reach, you know, 500 to 1,000 people a year. But the question I'm asking myself over and over is how do I reach a million people a year Mm -hmm. uh, in person? And so um, what I'm, what's in my head right now is building a franchise model where um, we train the trainers, where, where my work becomes, yes, training the individuals, but actually once they graduate, then they have the opportunity, if they wish, to be trained to become a Hive certified facilitator. And then these certified facilitators essentially own the franchise of their town or of their city. And you know, the math I'm doing is if I can get a thousand trainers doing a thousand people per year, then we're at a million people a year. And so, you know, that's what I'm trying to think. How do you, how do you scale a, a, a workshop business to reach a million plus people per year around the world? So that's what I'm thinking about. And so my purpose statement, I don't have the wording for it yet, but I hope to, by the end of Hive coming up in a week and a half, it's probably going to be some something along the lines of, building purpose-driven companies and leaders um, that help create a new model for inspired living, something along those lines. What I was saying is uh, I noticed you differentiate yourself a little bit from some of these other workshops. Um, one, you make it extremely affordable. You're talking about doing a $350 like, thing, or two, I think it's even $250, something really cheap compared to a $3,500 weekend. So it's accessible. And then two, you make the purpose not feel like this big thing you got to commit to for your whole life. It's just like, what's the next phase of my life's purpose? Tell me more about the decisions to design it in that way rather than you know a different way. Yeah, well, I mean, when the McDonald's brothers started McDonald's, you know, they they could have charged two dollars for a for a hamburger, but they didn't. They charged fifteen cents, and that choice to do low price, high volume enabled McDonald's to sell hundreds of billions of, of hamburgers. Um, and so instead of being a niche uh, hamburger stand in San Bernardino, California, Ray Kroc came in, grabbed their model. And you know now it's, it's, it's one of the most successful franchises in the world and one of the biggest owners of real estate in the world. And so you know, if I wanted to serve 10,000 people, I would charge you know, $1,500, $2,000 for a weekend. And I'd do these programs you know, 50 people at a time. But what I'm interested in is how do you serve 100 million people? You can think about it by 2050 here, um, there's going to be 10 billion people. And so if you want to serve 1% of humanity, you got to serve 100 million people. And so when I'm thinking of you know, what is my moonshot that I want to build, I would like to build a, a workshop that helps people come alive, that helps them find a, a big reason for living and helps them be, live in, in an inspired way. And so by putting it at the price point of $350, what it enables us to do is, is make it such that nearly anybody can do that. And we'll probably have even lower prices when we do it in other countries around the world. But at $350, you know, 
you could work uh, a week of work uh, and, and save up that money to do it, even, even in a $15 an hour job. And so we're wanting to make a program that regardless of whether you're 18 or 80, you've got enough resources to be able to do so that there's no friction around sharing it with your friend. That, you know, I've seen a lot of leadership training programs be priced at $4,000, $8,000. And you know, it just makes it out of reach for 99% of people. And we want to be the opposite. We want to be the, the program that um, we can get tens of millions of people to come through. Nice. I love that. Um, one thing that, that Phil showed me that I didn't read about recently from you, but you had this model for how people could actually live together in these communities. I'm really interested in that. Phil and I run a real estate company and we're trying to think about like what our ultimate purpose with real estate can be. And I think that that model of like this community, you had urban communities and you had like um, non-urban communities and it was like going to be some sort of um, network that exists in multiple countries. Where are you at with that project? Is that still something that's part of the Hive system? Yeah, it's been something I've been working on for six years now. So when I started going to Burning Man in 2012, I started to realize that my happiest week of my year was the week that I was at Burning Man. And I started asking myself why. And it was because I was living with 300 friends. And then then I'd go back (laughs) to my normal life and I'd either be living with myself or maybe one friend. And, or maybe one partner. And I, I tended to be less happy when I wasn't around inspiring people. And so I was just like, very simple question. What would it take to live with 250 plus inspiring people 365 days a year? And that doesn't mean in the same house, um, but it means in the same community within walking distance. And so my mm-hmm. dream for the last six years, since I've been attending Camp Mystic at Burning Man, is how do I become part of, for myself, my wife, Morgan, my son, Apollo, my family, a community where I can go on a walk uh, within a 20-minute radius. You know, you're never really going to walk more than a mile, but within that one-mile radius, I want to be able to find a couple hundred really inspiring people, people that I would feel safe leaving my son to play with, um, that who could be uh, inspiring mentors for my children, who I could learn from, who are doing meaningful things in the world, who are interesting, purpose-driven people. And so I've had many iterations of thinking about how to do this. Originally, we were going to build a building in San Francisco, and we were going to do an urban co-living in San Francisco. Then I moved to Bali for two years, and I started working on a very large 2,000-person town that's now under construction with a group of friends from Burning Man that we had met down there. And so, and, and then I started spending time in Costa Rica and I now have five separate groups of friends building small villages in Costa Rica between Nosara, Dominical and San Jose. So it's now happening. The thing with real estate that you, ne- that you guys know being in the business is from idea to financing to execution, it's often a seven to 10 year process. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a 12 month process. And so the project we were working on on the West coast of Bali, we started working on in early 2021. It's now 18 months later and they're just breaking ground. They're just building the first buildings for the 2000 person town they're building there in Nayanyi, Bali. So that's exciting. 
And my, my good friend, Stephen Brooks in Costa Rica is building a new uh, village called Alegria, which I'm very excited about. That's going to be 250 person village right next door to La Ecovia. And so that's going to be an exciting thing. And so now it's happening. I've decided that I, that I don't want to be the owner of a real estate business, at least not right now. What, what I want to focus on is my gift of building crypto hedge funds and building purpose workshops. And through that, I can be the person who has the capital and the people um, and bring those two components to the, to the table and let someone else uh, develop the construction, the permitting, the plans, the buildings with our help and building the community. So that's what's in process now. Cool. That sounds like an interesting opportunity to keep in mind in the future. Um, as our company expands, maybe there's some sort of partnership on that. So I guess, yeah, we have like 10 minutes left or so. And I wanted to talk about some of the wisdom that you've been able to gain in, um, around purpose. One thing for me, just selfishly about business, because I'm CEO of, of a business right now and Phil's my, my partner. You talked about like at a certain point in a startup's growth, like this leadership function needs to stop being the chief everything officer and step back more into a traditional CEO role. You need to learn how to activate and leverage intrinsic motivation of team members. Tell me more about what you've learned about building a company culture and getting people really bought into your vision and executing on it consistently over a sustained period of time. I want to know like what the secret magic sauce is for that. Yeah. Well, you sort of said it. So it, when you're beginning a startup, the only thing that matters is revenue and product and cash flow. And mm -hmm. if you can't get product market fit, you're never going to have the time to build a culture. So you do have to start in the first two years building in intently focused on selling and product development and building a sustainable cash flow engine. Once you have a basic product market fit, you've got your first sales and you're starting to hire your people, then you move away from being chief everything officer into being chief executive officer. And the role of a chief executive officer is to hire, recruit, hire, retain, uh, inspire great people who are more capable than they are at doing their job. Mm -hmm. And at that point, your job is to maintain relationships with top customers, to set the overall strategy of the business, to help guide product development, and then to, to recruit and retain great people. And that's your only role as a CEO in the sort of year three, year four, year five of a, of a business. So you shift from being chief everything officer to chief executive officer. As Michael Gerber writes in the book, The E-Myth, um, you need to get out of your own way uh, and you need to build systems at scale. And if you're going to build a company past a million in sales, you have to build systems that are enable your company to make sales while you're sleeping. If you're not making sales while you're sleeping, uh, you're never going to have a scalable business. You know, imagine if yeah. Tesla stopped, stopped selling cars if when Elon Musk went to sleep for his five hours a night. It's, it, obviously, it's, that doesn't happen. They sell cars 24-7. So um, that's what I've learned. And once you do have, say, a couple dozen people, you know, then your job is to bring those people together, provide them a clear purpose statement for the business. Not one of those mission statements like, 
that are bland, like, you know, our company's role is to produce widgets that drive shareholder value, but actually like what is the meaningful reason your company exists? How are you helping society by existing as a business? And companies that have both uh, accountability to results and a clear purpose have been shown by Harvard Business School researcher and professor Rebecca Henderson to outperform companies that only have accountability or only have purpose. And so the key is to have clear purpose and clear accountability to results. And when you have both of those things, you end up having a, a really positive culture that people really want to work at. Yeah, that's beautiful. And when you say accountability to results, what do you mean? Well, I mean, you, you've seen companies that don't succeed and maybe you've worked at companies where they have a lot of good people that are really well-meaning, but they don't have that killer instinct. They don't have the hunter instinct. They don't have the ability to get customers to, to buy a product. And ultimately, mm -hmm. if you don't have that ability to sell within your organization, you're not going to build a successful business, just period. And so you need within an organization, like let's say you hire a salesperson and you give that person a quota of a million dollars a year in sales. And um, let's say that you're the sales manager and that person that's now a year later, that person comes in at $100,000 for the year. Well, you've got a choice. Do you, do you keep that person on or do you let that person go? And obviously the right answer there is you need to, you need to let that person go very quickly. It's important to have compassion and heart as you're building a business. And you have to realize you're building a business where the number one rule of business is cash flow. And so if you um, have good cash flow and you have a purpose that's bigger than yourself, that is the secret to transformative success. Beautiful. Beautiful. And is there a parallel outside of business as you're kind of like not needing to do things? It seems as if you don't need to do things for your own personal financial benefit anymore. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but when you sell a company for uh, nine figures. Um, I imagine that takes a backseat to like really figuring out what your purpose is and, and like how to really align your impact there. Outside of like purely capitalist business structure, do you find a lot of the same principles are true around having clear purpose and having accountability to results? Or is there another kind of recipe for success in more of the social enterprise space? So I want to make a difference between business and life. So in, in a world of business, you have to have both accountability to results as well as a bigger purpose. In life, you have to have um, a bigger purpose and you have to have happiness. Mm -hmm. Those are the two things that are requisite. You know, you can imagine someone who is very purpose-driven achieve a goal that's very important to them, but ultimately is not happy with the life that they're living. You know, that, that's not a recipe for success. And so the recipe for success in life is a combination of clarity of purpose, living a life where your work is in alignment with your purpose, the way you make money is something that you love doing. And if the way that you make money is in alignment with what you love, then you tend to work on it, that extra effort to get to have the persistence to get through the ups and downs so that you can actually build into a successful organization. And, and there's so many components of life that are important outside of work. Um, when I was 27, I sold eye contact, uh, about 169 million. That didn't all go to me, but enough went to me that I could take the next 10 years to spend time going to festivals, going to Burning Man, going to various events and gatherings around the world where I would meet really inspiring leaders. 
and really inspiring artists and creators. And through that in 2018, literally at Burning Man 2018, I met my wife, Morgan, and uh, we shared a similar vision for the type of more beautiful world that we wanted to build together. And now uh, we are working on a, a business on the side together um, that she's leading up called Love Monsters, which is a stuffed animal business. And so now she designs and paints these animals, hands paints them, and then we turn them into stuffed animals and NFTs and also music. And so that's an exciting business that I'm now working on with my partner. That's really fun for me. And so there's so much outside of work in terms of your relationships, your family, your children, your hobbies, and to have a really good life, you need to have both a purpose and uh, to be clear about what are the other elements of life like family that will make you a really happy, well-rounded person. Beautiful. And then just to kind of like synthesize it to between life and business, it seems like leadership is really something that is super top of mind for you as kind of the skill or the vehicle that you're going to create this, this synthesis of like happy humans that are doing something really beneficial for the world. Tell me more about like what you've learned about leadership. What, what is your interpretation of leadership's importance in this whole mix? Well, I want to make a distinction between management and leadership because a lot of people get them confused. Management mm-hmm. is the guiding of other people toward an efficient, effective result, right? It, it's sort of bland. Um, management is important. If you have employees that are not doing their work, you need to mentor them and then eventually let them go if they're not improving. So management's important, but really what matters in life is, is, isn't management. That can be purchased as a commodity. Um, What really matters in life as a business is leadership. And what leadership is, is setting a clear vision for the future and guiding people toward it. That's what leadership is. Leadership is figuring out for yourself and for your organization, why are you alive? And if you don't know why you're alive and you don't know why your business is alive, you're never going to know where to guide the people. You, you, you remember that famous scene at Braveheart in Braveheart, the movie where um, the Scottish warrior led his team of warriors toward a mission that they believed in um, by giving them an, a really riveting speech at the beginning. And so it, ultimately, if you can't give an authentic, riveting, moving communication to your team about why they are using their life to do something that is bigger than themselves, then you're not a leader. So what leaders are, are people that use the concept of purpose to get clear for themselves about why they're alive, to get clear for their business about what their bigger mission is, and then guide their team toward achieving that mission in a way that achieves their company's professional goals and the individual's personal goals. So that's what leadership is. Wow. That's, that's beautiful. You think you could have said that when you were 27 ending eye contact or does this come after years of reflection? Yeah, I've been, I think I could have said that 10 years ago, but I couldn't have said it at the beginning of eye contact. I think too many quote unquote leadership training programs are really just managerial training programs. Um, You cannot have a leadership training program that doesn't start with the concept of purpose. Right, right. Well, I know you're buttoned up against a meeting coming up in a few minutes. So I just wanted to give you an opportunity to share how people can plug into what you're focusing on. What is, you know, if someone was feeling drawn to, to living more purposeful, being a leader, 
maybe doing a, some sort of social enterprise business or creating a nonprofit or something of that nature? How can they plug into what Ryan Alice is putting in the world? Yeah. So check out hive.org. We put on workshops about every three or four months. We'll be doing the next one in Austin in the fall. And if you're interested in uh, digital assets and crypto, I write a weekly newsletter called Coinstack. So check out coinstack.substack.com. And uh, I'm, I'm just really happy to be here. It's been great to see you again, Philip. It's great to meet you, Tunner, and happy to, to be some support as you grow your business in the years to come. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's, it's been beautiful to have you on the show. I'm really happy for this two-year journey of hearing about you and having Phil so excited. And then now it took shape today. Um, I, I think this is the beginning of something much more to come in the future. Thanks for, thanks for being a part of this. Thanks, everybody. So what actionable step are you going to take next? Do you have a lingering question? Or is there something we can help you work through to figure out and reach your purpose? People of Purpose is here for you. Just send us an email or a message on Facebook. If you want continued inspiration, subscribe to the podcast and soak in the stories and words of our insightful guests. Do you have any friends that might enjoy this podcast? Bring them on board as a podcast subscriber. And if you want to actually see the guests behind the voices, as well as receive daily inspiration, follow the podcast and journey on Instagram at People of Purpose Podcast or at People of Purpose on Facebook to join our purpose-seeking community. By joining, you will know the minute each new episode is published, hear first about upcoming People of Purpose news, and receive regular tidbits of inspiration. I'm purposely perusing, pursuing, and pondering. It's simply a regular dose of goodness, intentionally filtered by me to nourish your path to purpose. Lastly, if you like this podcast, please post a review wherever you listen to it. Doing so will not only help us to grow, but will also allow your voice to be heard and who knows who you could inspire. Cheers, and here's to becoming. Peace.